This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am Heather Carroll. And I'm Joe Rutten. And we're broadcasting this morning from Yankton, South Dakota, Mount Marty College. You have a beautiful view out your office, Joe. Well, thank you, Heather. This is not my office. This is the Benedictine Leadership Institute. This isn't office. your office? No, mine's back in that what looks like a closet door. It's a team. <laughs> Do I get a tour office. later? Or what? You can have a tour. That's actually my <laughs> that office. It looks like a closet. And uh, All this so time then I thought this was your office. Yeah, and I did so then too. they said, well, this is the Institute's room, the Institute's room. And I said, so can I just put my desk in here? <laughs> so, yeah, I guess this is my office. But. Uh, legal, no legal, yeah, no, you know. <laughs> but I do have a closet. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, it is time for, I'm waiting for my, there it is. All right, folks, that means it is time for Straight Talk. We've got Father Scott Trainer in the hot seat this morning. If you have questions for Father Scott on anything related to the faith or any current events, please give us a call at 877-795-0122. Again, the number is 877-795-0122. And you can also submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. So, another interesting thing is if you go to our website, Joe, you can download all of this kind of stuff and you can hear the answers that Father is about to give. Oh, really? Yeah. You can replay them. That's outstanding. Technology. Can't Thank you, Father, it. for joining us this It is morning. great to be with y'all. Thanks I love that. it when you come on because people always ask you such interesting questions. They must know Father Scott's the one Well, to it's call. the one and only. It's the, the infamous. The one and only. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. People can't see me shaking my head. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> He's like, I don't know why I come on the show with these two yahoos. (laughs) So how has your Lent been going, Father? Beautiful. I am in the middle of directing four Sisters of Life on the 30-day spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius. And uh, so that started back on February 10th, a little bit before Ash Wednesday. And uh, what a great way to be spending Lent. Absolutely. Uh, Amazing. Absolutely. Well, and I, I think it's interesting how God calls each of us to, you know, do different things that we're good at. And God has called you for retreats mm-hmm. and to give retreats. How did you find out that that was your niche? Oh, I don't know. Um, I mean, the first person who ever, uh, well, so here's a, here's a story. It's a give glory to God. Uh, when I was a se- senior in high school, I was petrified of public speaking. Really? Terrible. I had a an AP English class and we had to do like a three minute presentation on a foreign language uh, poem. Oh. And, you know, they'd call a couple people each day. Right. Sounds right? torture. Over a couple of weeks. <laughs> and everyone, you know, this is before like PCs, right? So I have, everyone else just gets up there, blah, 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 for three minutes. I have mine all written out. I have terrible handwriting. And the day that I got called to present, uh, there was no podium. Oh. <laughs> and I was so nervous. My hands were, and I went to a, a school at St. Thomas Academy. My graduating class was 110 guys. Like, we've been together for four years. We know each other, right? right. This is not a... <laughs> A group of strangers, right? <laughs> and I got so nervous and I couldn't read a thing and it just spiraled into and finally the teacher just said, Oh honey, it's okay. You just you can sit down. <laughs> I was a senior in high school. And as I was going back to my chair, I made like a vow. I am never going oh. to speak in public again. Ever. Really? Not not ever. And uh fast forward 
three years uh, and God had been doing work in my life and I was taking a year to work with Net Ministries, the national oh, organization yes. teams. And in Net, people give talks, but not everyone. <laughs> Right? Oh, so and before you give a talk, you give it to your team leaders and then you give it to the whole team. And then you give it to your field supervisor so they know it's like together and it's going to work. And then you may do it on a retreat. <clears throat> so we went through our training. I, I knew I was going to have to give three-minute testimonies. Everyone has to do that. Right. But not everyone has to give talks. Right. And I was just, oh, that's not for me. Because I made this vow. I'm never speaking in public again. <laughs> well, uh, our very, after training, our very first retreat was up in Crookston, Minnesota. And it was like 180 juniors in high school with about 80 of their parents who had driven them from all over the place to be at this retreat. So instead of giving 20 minute talks and having uh, small groups after we had like, it's like a 50 minute talk and then oh, we wow. do a little game cause we can't break. It's too many people to break up into small groups. Sure. So five minutes before the retreat starts, my, my, my team leader, Bob comes up and he's like, uh, Scott, I gotta go take care of something. I need you to give the talk. Oh <gasps> no. I'm like, no, like, like this 50 minute talk. No, Whoa. I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't talk. analyzed it for yeah. a couple weeks yet. And he's like, he's like, no, uh, you're, you're given the talk. And I said, I just like, it was all my worst nightmares coming true. So I am just dying a thousand deaths. And, um, he's like, well, do you want me to pray with you? I'm like, yes. <laughs> so we do our little introductions and opening skits and stuff like that. And then, uh, the retreat leader is introducing me to come up and give this talk. And I'm, I have no idea what I'm going to say. And it's 50 minutes oh. on the theme of God's love. And, and I'm just blank. And I don't know. And I'm looking out in this <laughs> gymnasium, the 180 juniors in high school and 80 of their parents standing in the back. Yeah. Cause that's not brutal. And there are three lights in the room. There's the, like the, you know, the food service window with the garage door that comes right. up. And so I can see all the parents silhouetted from that light. There's a spotlight over where I'm going to be speaking with just a microphone, no podium. <laughs> and then the only other light I can see is this blinking red light because some fool back there is camcording this oh. impending disaster. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just, I'm sitting there with my hands in my hands as my teammates praying for me as they introduce me. And I'm just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in the middle of that prayer, I just remember this experience I had at net training in Eucharistic adoration where I felt very deeply in my heart, the love of Jesus. Wow. And I thought, Oh, I'm supposed to talk about your love. Jesus. Oh, I can talk about that. And as soon as I thought of that, I looked up and all the fear, it was a miracle. All the fear went away and I launched wow. people who hear me, you know, at retreats or when I preach or I'm giving talks or whatever, you know, they know I'm animated, I'm fired up. And, <laughs> that is so not until that, that's what it was in that moment, really? but it was a total transformation wow. by the grace of God. So wow. praise God. So, um, you know, I, with that background and that had that, had that experience of giving retreat talks when I got ordained, just had different invitations, said yes to them. Uh, it was well received. So you get right. more invitations and wow. off you go. I love it. And sometimes I joke around about the infamous and whatever else. Yeah. Uh, but it is a sweet spot, if you will, of yours. You mm-hmm. you do um, you are known and do provide retreats often. But Broom Tree Retreat Center is just up the road here from Incredible. Mount Marty College. And mm-hmm. Father Scott, you're a pastor as well here at St. Ben's in Yankton, and so it probably gives you easy accessibility to both parish ministry and to the retreat ministry. You bet. I think that was part of the rationale of sending gotcha. me to Yankton when yeah. I came right. back from running the seminary out in Denver and. Um, 
That's great. What a great gift. Brunch is an amazing place. Well, if you're just tuning in, we're in the middle of straight talk with Father Scott Trainer, and you can call in with any questions that you might have for Father. The number is 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122. Or you can submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. A lot of people are afraid to come on the radio. I don't know why. Well, there's kind of a new anonymity, I think, that comes with, I don't know, social media is just, yeah. I, you know, I don't know if it's easier. So, or. I guess. You can send your questions in on Facebook, or you can even call in and leave your question with the, the answerer, Therese. She'll take it for you. 877-795-0122. So we've been talking a lot about Lent. Of course. Of course. So, um... What have you been telling your parishioners and and folks on how to make this a meaningful Lent? Yeah, so I just love, you know, we have that reading right at the beginning of Lent uh, where Jesus speaks to the disposition of our heart. He says, you know, Mm -hmm. when you pray, when you fast, Mm -hmm. when you give alms. And behind that is this idea that, of course, these are things that are part and parcel of our spiritual lives, right? But one of the things that's really struck me uh, this year is that when Jesus invites us to do those things, it's not just like, hey, go off and go do some of that good stuff over there. Mm-hmm. He's actually inviting us to do what he does with him, right? Mm-hmm. So when Jesus calls us to pray, like uh, yesterday at Mass, we had the, the prayer of the Our Father, right? Uh, Jesus teaching the disciples the Our Father right. was the gospel yesterday. And, uh, you know, Jesus is teaching that prayer because this is how he talks to the Father, so when Jesus calls us to pray, it's not just like go off and do that and get back to me, you know, check that box and get back to me. He's actually inviting us not only to encounter him by means of our prayer, but to be united with him as he is in his communion of love with the Father, right? And so the words that we pray are Jesus's own words. So you think of the things that we do in prayer. We, we give praise to God. We thank God. We ask God for stuff in intercession and petition. Um, we ask God's forgiveness and we adore God. We tell God we love you. So mm-hmm. please, God, thank you, God. I love you, God. Please forgive me, God. Right. These are just mm-hmm. basics of what we do mm-hmm. in our when we're talking to God from our heart in a personal encounter with him. Well, these are all things that Jesus does. Every single one of them. Think of the places in the gospel. Jesus, I praise you, Father. What you've hidden from the uh, wise and learned, you've revealed to the childlike. Jesus, rejoice in the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, for hearing me. I know that you always hear me. So he thanks the Father. Mm-hmm. Uh, think of the extended nights he prays all night, absorbed in prayer with the Father. How much, how often, and how many ways is he telling the Father that he loves him, having mm-hmm. received the Father's love? Um, Jesus intercedes for us. I pray not only for them, but for those who believe in me through their word. Uh, And while Jesus, of course, doesn't need to ask forgiveness for himself, he who knew no sin became sin for us. So when he prays, forgive us our trespasses, he offers that prayer to the Father because he's identified himself with us who are in need of the Father's forgiveness. And even from the cross, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So all of these things that are the basics of our prayer, like, oh, and in our intercession, you know, Jesus risen in glory, lives at the right hand of the Father forever, making intercession for us. So when we're invited to do those things in our prayer, it's not just something we're doing our own. It's actually this amazing invitation in love. Love seeks union with the beloved. Jesus, who loves us, wants to draw us to be with him as he turns and lifts up his heart to the Father, which is like, it's really a a different thing than just thinking, oh yeah, I got to go do my prayers. (laughs) Like, you know? kidding. Wow. 
Well, folks, we're in the middle of straight talk with Father Scott Trainer. The number is 877-795-0122. Or you can submit any questions on Facebook. We have our first caller on the line, Becky from Sioux Falls. Are you with us? I am, Heather. <laughs> Thank you for calling um, in. And what question do you have for Father? Say, I've got a quick question because the gals in my Bible study and I were talking and we have a question, and we're not quite sure the answer, so I said I was going to call in because I've done this before. Okay. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to ask the question and then hang up so I can listen. Sounds but, good. But um, we were curious, why is it that we do not eat um, meat on Ash Wednesday, or we fast meat on Ash Wednesday and Fridays, and why is it that we can have fish but not red meat? And that is my question, so I'm going to hang up so I can hear my answer. All right. Thanks, Becky. Well, thanks, Becky. That's a a great question. So uh, just to step back, so why do we fast at all? Uh, We fast at all because we can set aside something that's a perfectly good thing in creation that God has given for us as an expression of his love for us, but set aside that immediate and tangible good to awaken our desire for greater goods that seem more remote and um, maybe abstract to us, like the goods of greater, deeper relationship with God. Right. So whatever I'm giving up at any time during Lent, I always want to harness that to a grace that I'm asking from God so that I can be drawn into deeper union with him. So the church, as a mother, forms her children. And it used to be, like prior to Vatican II, that the universal practice of the church every Friday of the year was that Catholics would abstain from meat. Mm -hmm. And over the course of time, people wondered, well, what about the flesh of fish, like tasty lobsters and crabs and such? <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Is that meat? And the church just clarified, like, no, when we're called to fast for meat, we're not including fish and seafood, right? So that's just a determination of the church from a natural question that came up, right? So it's just part of the discipline of the church. Now, in the Second Vatican Council, the church realized that, you know, um, in different places of the world, not eating meat. Like, so in the 1950s in the United States, it was, you know, meat and potatoes dinner. Like, that's Mm. what we had all the time. So not eating meat was a really noticeable, tangible thing that gave us a very concrete occasion to turn to God and ask for those greater spiritual goods. But uh, the church recognized, you know, around the world, there's different cultures, and sometimes, you know, there's lots of people who don't eat uh, meat other than seafood all the time. So what they said is, you know, for the sake of unity, we're going to keep that universal discipline in the Fridays of Lent, but all the other Fridays of the year, which are penitential days, also outside of Lent, uh, that Catholics can make their own voluntary sacrifices, own voluntary fasts or voluntary penances uh, according to their condition in life. So I think that's actually something people miss a lot, that like every Friday of the year, I'm invited Mm -hmm. to do something small and simple that serves this purpose of what fasting serves in uh, the spiritual life to help me grow in my relationship with God. All right. I love it. Is there anything in the United States that's recommended for those other Fridays or in our diocese that's recommended for those Fridays that you're aware of? I'm not aware of. There could be. Not in our diocese. I'm pretty sure there's not in our diocese. Uh, In have the United States Conference of Bishops uh, said anything in particular? I know. I think they've just really encouraged the practice, uh, but left it to the determination of people. Gotcha. Freedom. Imagine yeah. that. <laughs> and as I was talking about prayer earlier, you know, when it comes to fasting and giving alms and then doing good works, the works of mercy, 
Of course, these are things that Jesus does as well. So we know that he fasted like 40 days in the desert when he was Mm -hmm. tempted, before he was tempted. Uh, We also know that uh, Judas kept the common purse, which were alms for the poor. So Jesus, with his disciples, was an alms giver, even Mm -hmm. though he himself was an itinerant preacher and depended on the generosity of people to care for him and his disciples. Uh, He was an alms giver. And of course, he's... uh, (laughs) completely and divinely involved in the works of mercy uh, as we're called to be as well. So again, even those good practices in our spiritual life isn't something we're just meant to do on our own, but it's a particular invitation to share in Jesus's own life. That we might become one with Christ. Mm -hmm. Well, folks, you're listening to Straight Talk with Father Scott Trainer. The phone number is 877-795-0122. Again, 877- Seven nine five zero one two two. If you wanted to call in with any questions you might have, or you can submit anything on Facebook, mm-hmm. we have Claire that has joined us on the phone. Claire, good morning. Good morning. And you have a question for Father? Um. Yes. My question is: um, even with the knowledge that um, God is everywhere, why is it better to um, adore Him in? Mass and adoration rather than just in nature. Say for people who don't go to Mass and adoration because they claim that they can adore Him just right in their homes. Right. Right on. And right, we can pray everywhere. Like God, Jesus says, Behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And wherever I find myself, um, I want to turn my heart and mind to God. I was hearing in the previous segment, segment the, the bell that rings every 15 minutes is mm-hmm. a little reminder just to turn my attention back to God. And I want to do that wherever I am. If I'm mm-hmm. in the chapel before the Blessed Sacrament in the tabernacle or exposed in the monstrance, that is a great way to do that. But if I'm in the middle of driving down the interstate, I want to do that too. It's just mm-hmm. a great practice. So... But the sacraments, like all the sacraments, um, are really privileged ways of receiving God's grace. Uh, Jesus is uniquely present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist. And that's different than the way that he's present, sustaining everything in creation in the rest of creation. So there is a distinction in the fullness of his presence, his substantial presence uh, through the gift of the Holy Eucharist. But also the Blessed Sacrament, especially when it's exposed in the monstrance, uh, appeals to our physical senses. It's something that I can fix my attention on. So a lot of times, you know, people, when they pray, they deal with distractions. It's hard. You know, I got a squirrel mind and I'm thinking about this, that, and the other thing. You do? Wow. One of the things that helps in a beautiful church or when the Blessed Sacrament is exposed in the monstrance is just the beauty of the monstrance and the candles and the incense and whatever else, the the crucifix that is there that just helps to draw my attention and keep me attending to the reality that I'm encountering when I turn my heart and mind to God. Uh, Of course, the monstrance is not God. The Holy Eucharist is God. The monstrance is not God. The crucifix isn't God. The beautiful statues or the stained glass aren't God. But they, in a a way that appeals to my physical senses, remind me uh, that I'm in the presence of God in the Holy Eucharist. And that can really help me to pray. Does that help, Claire? Yep. Thank you. All right. Thank you for your call. <laughs> nice work. That's a that's an A right there from that Father. Was, yeah, you do- dominated that one. <laughs> so if you have a question you'd like to ask Father, the phone lines are open. The number is 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122. Or you can submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. So we're just cruising right along. 
So um, today in the first reading of Mass, mm-hmm. uh, we have Jonah calling mm-hmm. the Ninevites to repentance, right? Yeah. And so that is such a, of course, theme of Lent. It's uh, Jesus, when he went out preaching the gospel, he said, that was his preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And then he preached about the kingdom. But it started with the call to repentance. And uh, I was thinking of Jonah, you know, of course, who was a reluctant prophet. <laughs> yes. He wasn't really interested. I tend to be Jonah once in a while. He <laughs> wasn't really interested in the conversion of the Ninevites. He didn't particularly like them. I don't want to go in there. He ran away. From, right. <laughs> he ran away from God and then the shipwreck and getting swallowed up by the fish. And get, But so today's reading was him, the second call to go to Nineveh. And it's a huge city. It takes three days to walk through. And, Nineveh, and he's going through 40 more days and Nineveh will be destroyed. But I don't think he was like, you know, like full-throated like repent 40 days like i, I think it was just kind of like mumbling his way through the streets like oh, 40 more days and it was gonna be destroyed right and yet and yet there's this profound repentance from uh the lowliest peasant to the king and everyone repents in ashes and sackcloth mm. it's an amazing and unexpected conversion mm. repentance and I was thinking about that, and I think this is important. When when people hear like the call to repentance, I think a lot of times they they experience it like a scold, like you've messed this up. Mm. Go to your room, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I think, especially with the help of Jonah and the Ninevites, we can see the call to repentance as a great source of hope and encouragement. Why? Because those people wouldn't have repented except that God gave them the grace to do it. And even with the half-hearted cooperation of Jonah, like that was an occasion for them to seize on that grace and have a profound repentance, right? So if God, if God is calling me to repentance, it means that uh, he can make things new for me and wants to and is powerful to do it. It doesn't depend on my effort. And so easily we can give up on ourselves and we can give up on other people. I can put myself in a box. I can put in other, other people in a box, mm. but God doesn't do that. And the evidence of that is the call to repentance. This can be new for you. Repent. Mm. And out of love, God knows our sins make us miserable and he wants our happiness. So when he's calling us away from sin, that's a, that's an invitation of love. This can be new for you. You can be happy where there's sorrow for you. Now you can be uh, free where there's, unfreedom for you now and i'm making that possible by the same love with which i'm calling you to repentance that same love is powerful to accomplish that change in your life so i love you know every day we start mass with the penitential right it's a call to repentance Mm -hmm. because god hasn't given up on me so i don't need to resign or give up on myself or give up on other people either god makes all things new and the hope and encouragement that is evident every time we hear the call to repentance that god gives us through the church which is every day well, it's powerful. It reminds me that for Lent, my grace for this Lent is that I would encounter God's love more deeply, mm-hmm. um, that I would not see repentance as I have this way of looking at repentance as like, oh, I have to go do this, check the box so then I can go be good again or mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. or or a discipline like. I get, if I just discipline myself more through this act of fasting, I'll I'll be a better Christian. And I really struggle with this because I'm so weak and I'm undisciplined. And I just, I got the squirrel mind and all these things. <laughs> Lord, help me to encounter your love this Lent is my simple grace I'm asking for. And what I, I just heard from your father, father there was the Lord saying, Joe, 
in confession or in your repentance, you can encounter my love. Mm. That don't don't come into this with preconceived notions or what's at, just come and enter into my love in this experience, and I, and it just gives me this freedom and this hope and this I, I want to do this right instead of fear and trembling and like crossing off the box so that I can be better again and do this again and get back up on my horse, but just a complete surrender. Lord, I can't do this. I need your help. More importantly, I want to be loved by you. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Well, and I, I love that vision that you gave me, um, you know, that it's for our own good. He's not there just, you know, yeah, brimstone and fire. You know, it's he's he knows what's best, and we tend to forget that. <laughs> I forget <laughs> it often, that he knows what's best for us. And so to give in and let him love us mm-hmm. is very difficult sometimes. Mm-hmm. Harnessing the grace, Father, that you spoke about. You talked about attaching the Christian act. The practices, yeah. To a grace. Would you maybe, I just mentioned the grace of my Lent is to encounter the love of God more deeply. Could you mention specifically maybe what you're talking about in attaching a grace? Yeah, sure. What are good things I can ask of God? that will help me in my relationship with him. Okay. So for different people, that's different things Uh, in the spiritual exercises. The principle and foundation is really praying for the grace that you're praying for a whole new lived experience of the infinite personal and unconditional love of God for you. Because every growth in my spiritual life and my union with God always revolves around a renewed and deepened experience of that. Mm. That's why Ignatius calls it the principle and foundation. It's not like, Oh, something I do check and then I move on from it. It's just the thing that everything is always built on. So, Mm. The deeper that foundation, the greater um, holiness and union with God can be built upon it. So, uh, but you know, like God, um, I need the grace of uh, encouragement. Hmm. You know, if someone's struggling with discouragement or God, um, I want, uh, please bless me with the grace of joy in my daily work or God help me to uh, be more generous uh, give me a desire to pray, right. you know, uh, like just there's, there's no end to the good things that we can be asking of God, um, to grow in relationship with him. Another great grace that is prayed for in the spiritual exercises is Jesus, that I may have more intimate knowledge of you who became man for me so that I may love you more and follow you more closely. So intimate knowledge of Jesus, like Jesus, I want to know what's going mm. on in your heart. Like when you're going through what you're going through, as I read in the gospel, like what's going on in your heart? Jesus wants to reveal his heart to us. You who became man for me to recognize that everything that Jesus does, every word he speaks, every action he takes, everything he does is for me. It's an expression of love for me to uh, save me from my sins and draw me to the fullness of life in union with him so that I may, having seen more of your goodness, truth, and beauty as you show me your heart, I may love you more Mm -hmm. because our love responds to the goodness of Jesus when we see it uh, and behold it and therefore follow you more closely because if I love you more, I'm going to more greatly desire intimate and unceasing union with you. So there's a lot of ways, but that's the, that's the idea. What are good things I can ask of God that I know will help me in my relationship with God? And of course we can ask for graces for other people too. But when it comes to like the call to conversion, 
in the season of Lent that's so beautifully emphasized. I really want to, I don't want to rule out asking those good things for me. I need those things. Uh, And sometimes people feel that's selfish or whatever, but it's not. It honors God who commands us to seek and knock and ask and to do so persistently. Wow, that's beautiful. I love it. Well, folks, uh, time has run out with Straight Talk this morning. Any last thoughts, Father, before we let you go? You've given us so so much wisdom (laughs) this this morning. I know. Any last thoughts on Lent for our listeners? No, just uh, I would just reemphasize that that uh, all the all the practices that we're encouraged to in Lent and the call to repentance that is such the theme of Lent, it's full of love and hope. Mm-hmm. It's full of God's desire for you, God who loves you, God who knows you and knows your needs, mm-hmm. who responds to your needs with love. It's an invitation of love to be in deeper union with Him. So uh, we can take great encouragement and an increase in hope as we think of that uh, beautiful truth. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Would you mind parting us with your blessing? Sure. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. 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 Well, thank you for joining us for another Straight Talk. It's been fantastic. And if anybody missed any of that great stuff that Father was sharing with us this morning, you can always find it on our app or online later today. Okay, so up next, wondering how your family can spend time together this Lent, Bob and Pamela Weaver will join us on the other side of this break to share some of their family ideas that you might be able to use as well. And later, ladies, what does it mean to have your splendor unveiled? We'll find out. Stay with us. There's much more on Real Presence Live to come right after this break. (laughs) 